Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Welcome. Yes. Wherever you are, uh, locally, uh, nationally, globally, we're always excited about you joining us in our worship service on Sunday. And, man, I heard you blew up the spot last week. Uh, <laughs> they told me you put it all out there. You were vulnerable, transparent. Yes. Big yes. guy like you. <laughs> and thank you for all those who sent me um, links and things like that. I'm, I'm seeing a nutritionist. Things are going good. I'm on, on point with what I want to do, you know, losing the, the weight, you know, pound by pound. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 think it's, I think it's important that we have a degree of transparency, mm-hmm. a degree of vulnerability, because some pastors and leaders want to represent that they're Superman yep. or Superwoman, mm-hmm. and they just will not discuss any of their weaknesses, their humanity. And I think people want to relate not just to our spirituality and our calling and anointing, but the fact that we're on the ground with them walking through issues uh, of life. And yep. boy, we have, as a, as a family, mm-hmm. gone through so much over the last few years. But uh, Struggle is real. Yeah, it's real. Struggle is it's real. real. And, and, here, and, and what I love about Cassandra's prayer, the, the tone of her prayer, there was, a, there, was a, there was not even a tone, the tone, yeah, but also a theme, was a, an awareness that no matter what the times are like, we're trusting God. Yep. So even in times of famine, uh, economic turmoil, pandemic, no matter what it is, we live a life of faith. Mm-hmm. And God can provide for us while there's famine. Mm-hmm. I mean, again and again in the scripture, and I don't mean to get into this, this is not my sermon, but, you know, uh, but it's true. We live a life that when things happen, all right, we're trusting God. God, our life is in your hands. You're directing us. You're God. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And we look for that provision. Yep. Instead of pulling our hair out and worrying and crying and screaming, no, no, no. We look for the provision of God. We look for the direction of God. He's a light unto our pathway. What? Uh, God, yeah, <laughs> our light and our salvation, right? He's a, a lamp unto our feet and a light to our pathway. pathway. So many scriptures in my head after yeah, all these always, years. I was going to help you. I was collect. Thank you. Going, Thank, you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I, I, and so when you pray, your prayer should reflect that constant belief mm-hmm. that you walk in, you know, and, and she, did a, she did a great job. And then the, the, it's funny because some people say, well, I don't have faith. I'm doing good. I said, well, let, let's, uh, we're doing good. Everything is you know, uh, happening well in the house and stuff like that. I said, let's put it this way. You're, just because you don't have faith, you're actually benefiting from the fact that I'm in your presence. Because <laughs> I'm serving the God. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to talk about presence. <laughs> I know. Right? So, We're right? talk about presence. So, so there's something, something that happens with the, with, in the presence of an unbeliever because of the presence of a believer in that area that they are receiving some of the overflow of what God's doing in that life. This is very real. Yes. It's called his spatial presence yes. and the benefit of his spatial presence. Mm-hmm. Because wait, you, you're going in a different okay, direction. Let's be here. Here. Right, let's right. Be here. Oh, so, I got housekeeping. We got housekeeping. All right, yeah, because I want to talk to you very quickly about metaverse. Okay. Number one, uh, thank you for all your prayers. Whenever I'm traveling, I was at our, our church in Syracuse, Pastor John Carter, and uh, we were launching him on a sabbatical. 
for three months. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, but it was, it was great. We, we, we laid hands on him, laid hands on the ministers who will be uh, taking care of things while he's away. And I'll be in touch with them, closer quarters with them. But we had a great message and time where the congregation came together and prayed and appreciated and loved their leadership in taking a, a break. I'm not pushing for a sabbatical for you yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, sabbatical is, is, sometimes they take a year. No, you can't you know, take a year. Uh, sabbaticals, uh, you know, things like that. But my problem is I love, I love what I do. So whenever, when you love what you do, you know, um, and it takes care of you, you know, it's just, it's difficult. You, you, you got to come up for air. Yeah, but the, 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 uh, so the the problem with the like your drive is what got you to be successful, right? Yeah. So in a young age, it's the drive that makes you look good, but in the old as you get older, it's the thing that hurts you because it's time to start slowing down. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Yeah. Joshua said, "I'm 85 <laughs> years old and I got more energy now than when I was a young man." Yeah. Joshua said that. Energy, <coughs> energy, <coughs> and the capacity to follow that energy is totally different. Capacity expands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so we got more announcements. <laughs> we have, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Singles Ministry. Uh, they have a, a panel discussion this Friday <laughs> with uh, individuals uh, Keith White, Dr. Africa, uh, Graham Weatherspoon, and Marsha Reed. And it's a very good conversation because a part of the conversation is where do we go from here? Right after the verdicts of George Floyd, uh, Dwayne Wright, um, Ahmed Arbery, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, and all these other individuals, and say, okay, what, how does your Christian faith play a role in this cultural walk? You clarified that. That's important. Mm -hmm. I was wondering who the we was when you say, where Christians. do we, as yeah. Christians, where do we, go from here? where do we go from here? Well, you know, uh, I had an interview this past week with uh, Swedish television. Wait, so, so let me finish. So that's on, it's a Zoom. Go to the website. You can find all the information out and click on it and come and join the Singles Ministry for their Friday night session. Where do we go from here? Yeah, going back to the whole idea, where do we go from here and social issues and the Christian relationship with social issues. You know, I've lived and thrived in mm -hmm. ministry at the intersection of faith and culture. And in the early days, talking about Christ and culture was taboo. Yes. I mean, some of my colleagues, pastors, said, what are you doing making relationships with politicians and all this kind of stuff? Now they're asking me, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. So this past week, um, I was interviewed, 45-minute interview with the head of Christian television uh, network in Sweden. And what's happening in Sweden, similar to here, there are all these social tensions that are taking place. It's not racial, it's ethnic. And the ethnic aspect of it is because of the influx of immigrants. So it's changing Swedish society and Switzerland as well. And the Christian church doesn't know how to respond. So they're wondering, how do we respond? So somehow they heard that I have a few notes on how to respond. <laughs> so um, that was a 45 minute interview and we didn't even get into the, the weeds of it all. Uh, then after that, uh, it, that was so successful, I got a call and asked if I would come to Switzerland to also have a conversation with the Christian community there about this very thing. It's a time where God is stirring the church to get engaged, to really bring his presence to society. The problem is we, we haven't had the language to interface, don't know how to navigate it. 
all of that is important and understand the scripture through that lens. So I'm excited. I'm pumped about this because this is what, you know, I love and this is, this is my passion. No, it is, Christ it's, in culture, transforming the culture. It's so needed, especially because you have these young pastors that, you know, are not versed in the language needed to have the conversation. So, you know, they'll be asked a question and they'll do uh, respond off the cuff, and it's like, okay, wow, you know, that was not the right direction we would want to go. <laughs> and and the reality is, every response bears weight. That's right. That's right. Right. I, Christians tend to speak in a language that only other Christians understand. Mm -hmm. So there's a Christianese. It is, is it is a church language. It is within the Christian culture, and we understand, you know, each other. You know, the enemy's been busy. Mm -hmm. You know, you say that to someone who, like, what enemy? You got enemies? Who's after you? What's going on? But we know we're talking about the devil, right? Um, so that's, that's, that's reality. The power of Pentecost was the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the birthing of the Christian church. The, that was the significance. The power of Pentecost was the Holy Spirit. The significance of Pentecost was the birthing of the Christian church. But the effectiveness of Pentecost was that every man heard and understood in his own language. Mm -hmm. So you could have an incredible event, right, an expression of the work of God. But if it's not understood, yeah. if there's not clarity, then it's not effective. Yeah, I was down in Nashville this week, and the, some pastors uh, had asked, you know, they said, okay, look, we're trying to navigate the waters and bridge gaps and reconciliation with uh, there was the white pastors and the black pastors, and a lot of the black pastors aren't getting involved. And, you know, so, they, so I, I said, okay, I'll come down and we'll talk real quick. And we, it was a four-hour conversation. And I said, well, l let me help you start this off. I said, when you, you, you say you want racial reconciliation, that starts with the premise that there was a relationship prior to this. So how are you going to ask for racial reconciliation? Let's just start with Conciliation on, yeah, instead conciliation. of reconciliation. So we need a, a, yeah, let's build yeah, a relationship yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really trying to change the narrative and the language because everybody's doing this racial, racial reconciliation. Like, we have friends. Like, I never knew you. Yeah. you know, what's there to reconcile, right? It, you know, and so it's, it, there are individuals looking at, at CCC asking for help. And so please pray for CCC, pray for your leadership. And that's not just Pastor and I, but all other different ministers uh, as they're getting calls to be uh, representative, uh, representatives of Christ and culture. Amen. Amen. That's who we are. That's why we're a Christian cultural center. Yes. Culture is the totality of the character of a society as expressed in its traditions, its beliefs, the things that it passes from one generation to another. Uh, it's customs, mm -hmm. how it practices those traditions and beliefs. It's attitudes, intellectually and emotional attitudes. Uh, it's, it's institutions that represent those traditions and beliefs. Uh, language, mm -hmm. how the culture is communicated. All of that is important. And whoever controls the language Archers. controls the conversation. Mm -hmm. So we have to seize the narrative mm -hmm. by seizing the language. Mm -hmm. And having the language to interface is, is critical. Uh, it's funny, I, I introduced uh, culturally, culturally induced ignorance. Ah. And I said both cultures deal with it. And we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, I, I got uh, a call 
Can we go here? <laughs> it's nine or six already. <laughs> can we go here? Can we talk about Whoopi Goldberg? Oh yes, we we, we can because okay. the, the, you we talk can't. Diff- you can. We, we can. can if you want to go there because I have I have a couple of things to say about that. Um, I, you know, a friend of mine, Rabbi uh, Seth Kirshner, came out and he did a New York Times article, uh, Very good. actually supporting mm-hmm. her. And basically pointing to a lack of knowledge and a need for education. Um, and, you know, that, that was an important thing for a Jewish rabbi to come out and say something like that. Um, you know, we can get into, you know, her being suspended and you know, I, that dynamics. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go there. But if you don't know about it, and we talk about culture here... Um, you know, uh, Whoopi made a comment. They were the, the View. They were talking about a book called Mouse, M-A-U-S. And the book is a novel that was written by a Jewish man. It's a novel about the atrocities of the Holocaust. It's very graphic, you know, the language, everything, the depictions, the images. And they were banning it from school because of nudity and the profanity and other things like that. Um, and they were talking about that book on The View, and um, Whoopi Goldberg made a comment that the Holocaust was not about race. And that's where things exploded. Mm-hmm. Because in that book, Mouse, uh, it opens with a, with a quote from Hitler, Adolf Hitler. And if I may paraphrase it, um, Hitler said that basically the German race is a superior race and the Jews are the lowest of the lowest race on the planet. Mm-hmm. So he specifically used the language of race. And it appears that in Whoopi's mind, you know, uh, it wasn't an issue of race because they were both white people. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that whiteness and white people and white identity is something that has evolved over time, especially here in America, in the West, and it started in Europe, because whiteness was white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Mm-hmm. And in the early part, of, it wasn't until the early 1900s that a shift took place because of what was happening in Europe with, with, with uh, the Nazi regime. But, you know, if you were Irish, yep. uh, Italian, it. Jewish, mm-hmm. German, Scots-Irish, who settled in the Appalachian Mountains, all right, these are, ra- color-wise, you know, they're, they're white-skinned people but they were not considered white, mm-hmm. part of being white. So white is more than just the color of skin. And it seems that Whoopi was just identifying it with skin color. But whiteness is, uh, it, you know, it, it's a social construct mm-hmm. that didn't include all white people at one time. And, and that's why I said the failure for her to, to define race. And that was a thing. Her right. definition of yep. race was mm-hmm. wanting. Yes. But again, it goes back to the fact that you know, we, we need to be educated. We need to do our research when we weigh, on, weigh in on issues like that. I think it's because of the show, her profile, you know, that the expectation is mm-hmm. that, you know, do your background, know what you're talking about. And it's a lot, you know, yeah, it's a lot I, to know. I stopped following Whoopi after she had, what's his name, with uh, blackface on. And <laughs> but we'll stop there because this is not a, about Whoopi Goldberg. It's about you know, the comment and how uh, people reacted uh, to it, you know, the Jewish community, etc. And that's, that's the thing. Language is so yep. powerful. Our words are so 
powerful. And that's why Jesus says every idle word that you speak, you're going to be held accountable for. It's going to do something. Word are, words are carriers. Mm -hmm. They hold something. They carry a message. They carry a feeling, a sentiment, an idea. So words are powerful. Yeah. And he sent this word to hear. Okay, so uh, I also did an interview uh, on television about virtual services. Mm -hmm. And they asked me about the metaverse. Yes. So, metaverse. Yes. That's, that's your generation. Well, it, it actually, I'm at, it's actually the younger generation. I just, I, I just stay uh, involved in it because I like to be in the know of what's going on. Uh, and uh, they, they're trying to create different platforms. You know, this is something that Facebook came out with. And, you know, as a church, you know, we're, we're watching and observing to say, okay, how do we maintain relevance, right, to a generation where they can throw on Oculus glasses and they can be in church. I, I can be at home, but I can put my, gla my glasses on, my goggles, and I can see you. We can talk in service and we can sit there. So through, and, and, through the virtual yes, use yes. of the Oculus glasses. Yep. Oh, so, but you have to have, in Metaverse, you have an avatar. Yes. Right? Who mm -hmm. is in that virtual space. And that's what's scary space. about it because it, it, the question is, uh, uh, you know, the whole idea about identity. So the, the, from a theological perspective, there is a slew of questions that people can end up running from in the metaverse because they can now create this false reality, right? Yeah, so you, got, yeah. you can assume an identity yes, yes, that's not really you. Because mm -hmm. so the attention is living in this real reality and saying, okay, uh, because my, I believe that Jesus is the best answer, right? God is the ultimate savior for this thing we call reality, right? Mm. Ultimate reality, where we live, where we, you know, the tangible world where our conscious being is. But now when we go into a metaverse and create this false reality, right? Now the question is who rules? What's at front, you know, in the forefront? Where, where, how do we maintain our, our identity in Christ? How do we maintain our identity as an individual? So there's so many different things that like I can turn around and be, not be black anymore because I'm frustrated with the uh, I can become skin. whoever so, I want yeah, to be. Yeah, so many problems. So I can get all of my frustrations. But the reality is... <laughs> That we as a church has to make sure that we stay on the cutting edge and see what we're going to do to stay connected, right? And how, what does Christ and culture in the metaverse look like now? Yeah, and, right? we, and, we, and we have to talk about mm -hmm. that. Uh, my response, of course, is that the future is hybrid. Mm -hmm. I don't think one virtual is going to take over because I think about the basics. Jesus said where two or three are yes. gathered <clears throat> in my name, there am I in the midst. Mm -hmm. So there's something about gathering. Also, folks, God did not stay out in the universe somewhere and pull up his laptop and virtually come and save us. He came in person. I'll let that marinate a little bit. <laughs> God came in the person of Jesus Christ, in person, to be among us, to be one with us. So in person must be important. And we're going to be going in person. We'll be announcing when we're going back to yes. in-person services on a weekly basis. Boy, you just, you just took up the whole time with... Uh, I did. I was ready to talk about the presence <laughs> of God, you know, just <laughs> looking at you know, the, the different elements. And let's, let's go there. That's it? We're done with housekeeping? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Let's go to picking up where, because uh, I left off with, we talked about the finger of God. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we got down to the face of God. The arm of God. All right. We talked about all of those mm -hmm. things. But 
let's talk about the presence because that's our theme for the year. And I'm, I'm so pumped about this because that is a theme. God's relational presence with humanity especially is a theme that runs throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to explore that in every imaginable way. Presence and power of God, the things that can happen, hallelujah, in the presence of God, mm-hmm. just and when God shows up. <laughs> and when you start looking at the presence of God, you start looking at the cross differently as well. Right, you look at the, the the life, death, the resurrection of Christ differently. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's, 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 it's through that, you know, the veil is torn and the access. Is- we're going well, to unpack that because right. look at this passage. I want you to take a look at this as we unpack it in Psalm 24, the 24th Psalm. And I'm reading today from the New Living Translation, 24th Psalm, because this points to Jesus. It mm-hmm. points to the resurrection, right? Verse 3. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Of course, God is expressed in language here to be on the mountain top. Mm-hmm. All right, the heights. Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. We just, hmm. fell, we just fell right All there. All of us. <laughs> We're out. Nobody. <laughs> Who never tell lies. We're done right there yes. on that one. Okay? <laughs> they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Mm-hmm. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Now look at, it goes to verse 7, and verse 7 is a passage that is used on Easter Sunday for the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. Now, this is a messianic psalm Mm -hmm. that points to Jesus Christ. He enters humanity, right? Enters the darkness, and he takes on the principalities and powers, Satan, who has had humankind in bondage, right? They think they've got him through his death on the cross, but on the third day, he rises from the dead, and the glory of God comes. So what's, how does this tie to, oof, boy, <laughs> trying to speak in English. So how does this tie in? Well, we open with who, show, who qualifies to stand in the presence of God? Mm-hmm. A person who must be pure, person who never tells lies. None of us qualify. (laughs) But what happened with Jesus Christ when he came? He that knew no sin was made to be sin for us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So when we're born again and we enter relationship with Christ, all right, and we are in Christ, we now come to the mountain of God, mm-hmm. not in our own righteousness, yes. which always falls short, but in a new righteousness that's given to us, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He told the disciples, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, just, oh, good, good. this gets, he told the disciples, unless your righteousness 
exceed that of the scribes <laughs> and Pharisees, you can't enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They looked at each other, well, I guess no, we're out. Okay. That ain't happening. <laughs> going back to work. We're done. <laughs> what was he looking to? Mm-hmm. He was looking to when his righteousness will be our righteousness. Mm-hmm. So when we come to the mount of God, when we enter the presence yes. of God, we enter with boldness and confidence. Why? Because we stand there not in our own righteousness. Hallelujah. We stand in the righteousness that is ours because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He sees us with Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you being you know, invited by a friend into mm-hmm. some place. If you don't have a ticket, all right, you can't get in. But you're with the friend. Mm-hmm. So they stop you and say, well, who, you know him? what are you doing here? I'm with him. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Welcome in. I'm with Jesus. Mm-hmm. When I come to the Father, I'm with Jesus. And that is how, that's the beauty of this. So who shall ascend to his mountain? He that has embraced the righteousness that can only come to us through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I, I just get pumped at this. Don't apologize. Because this they're, is, this is, this is, this is, you know, this is access, the gift of access. Mm-hmm. It is entering God's presence. And, and, and when we think about presence, right, because face, the face of God uh, means the presence of God, but it means also audience, when you have a face-to-face with mm-hmm. someone, it means that they've given you audience with yeah, them. Use original FaceTime. There you go. Jay, <laughs> come on. Access. Yes. Access. Mm-hmm. So, so that is just, that psalm is so beautiful in expressing how we now come to the mountain mm-hmm. of God. So, you know, and look, the face, the face in, in the ancient world, if I can, if I can go here, Up. in the ancient world, The face equals the essence and nature of a person. Got that? Their essence. Their nature, their character is revealed. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. This is so beautiful. And let's go to verse 19. And this is a conversation that God's having with Moses. In fact, verse 18. Hallelujah. Well, verse 17. New Living Translation, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Ooh, he had no idea what he was asking for. (laughs) The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Remember he said, show me your presence. Mm -hmm. And what does God relate to his presence? His goodness, goodness, Mm -hmm. his benevolence. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me 
and live. Now, there are those who saw God but they did in the Old Testament, but they did not see him in his essence, mm-hmm. in the fullness of his nature. All right, this, this that's one, important. This is one of the texts that they try to use to, to trip up Christians, especially uh, Muslims, uh, in the conversation of Jesus. Because the, the passage talks about God, only no, no man has seen the Father, but, you know, and, and so they use this text. That, well, that's, that's just it. We haven't seen. So look, let's as go to John. you're breaking it down, because the way you're breaking it down, it describes something different that was happening here and not all the time when God showed his presence. Ah, that's right. That's right. Let's go to John chapter 1. Gospel of mm-hmm. John chapter 1, verse 18. John 1, 18. All right. Jesus. Look, look, look at this. This is so beautiful. No one has ever seen God, mm-hmm. but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So essentially when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Mm -hmm. right? That no one has seen the Father, the Son, he reveals him. He's simply saying that no one has ever seen God, Yahweh, in his fullness, in his essence, in his full nature, because we couldn't stand it. Mm -hmm. We'd drop, we'd be dead before Mm -hmm. him because it's so overwhelming, so powerful. So what does he do? He veils himself in the person of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and comes one one with us so we could experience his presence in a way that protected us. And that's why he told Moses, he said, said, and you continue to read, he said, you're going to see my back parts. But my face, you can't see. Why? Because the face symbolizes his full essence. I love it where the epistle says that uh, in him, Jesus, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Mm-hmm. But it was veiled. Yep. Can you imagine the power that, that, that controls and sustains this universe if we saw it in its essence? <laughs> look at the sun. We, we, we can't look at the sun here on this planet yes. without affecting our eyes. If we look mm-hmm. So imagine... The ultimate of power and 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 ah, and light. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? You can't handle that. So what does God do? He veils Himself just to protect us, so that we can still experience His presence. Hallelujah. Moses, Moses, face when 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 Moses was in the presence of God. He comes back down. He's all messed up. <laughs> his, his face is shining yes. because of what? The presence of God. And what happens is the presence of God will transfigure you. Mm-hmm. When you spend time in God's presence, it will affect you in a way that it begins to change your essence. The essence of God begins to transfigure your essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 17 I think it was with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Oh, yes. Matthew chapter 17, verse 2. Verse 2. Yep. We can go there. Matthew 17, 2. And, and this is because, you know, of course I got questions as I read this. Uh, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance uh, was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began. Ah, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right there. Stop right there. Otherwise, you're going to take us in another direction. Okay. All right. The, 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 the item of discussion here is the effect that the presence yeah. had on him, on his clothing, on, on his physical being. And what, what's happening is that how we see, because in, in what, 
Moses' face being veiled, Mm -hmm. it was shining. It was actually disappearing. In other words, the flesh, the humanity Mm -hmm. was being dissolved into the divinity that he was Mm -hmm. experiencing. Yes. Yes. Being in the presence of God changes, transfigures Mm -hmm. our humanity and begins to bring out the true essence, the image of God mm-hmm. the that was intended. Day. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. That's what begins to come out. So, you know, you think about the face of Moses uh, changing in, in, in the presence of God. We are also affected. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians three eighteen. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And that's a powerful statement right there. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into the glorious image. Wow. From glory to glory, glory. from yes. one degree of glory yes. to another, we're changed. How? By spending time in his presence. That's what it means. Ah, man, I'm trying to control myself. By spe- that's what it means as we look into his face, the mm-hmm. face of Jesus. Why? Because the face is what? His essence, his nature, his character. So as we spend time look with Jesus face to face, as we spend time yep. in the presence of God, it begins to take us to new degrees of glory. Mm-hmm. We begin to experience something within our own consciousness that begins to manifest God's presence in us. Yes. In us. Because remember, Christ in us, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in us. Yes. We are the temple. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says with joy we draw water from the well of salvation. Yes, yes. So when we pull from the word of God, I mean, it begins to charge you mm-hmm. up. God put this thing together so well. So to seek, so God's face yes. is his presence. Yes. Got that? Mm-hmm. God's face is his presence. So take a look at Psalm 27, verse 8. And nine, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. (laughs) Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. What is David saying? He is seeking the face of God. He's seeking audience. He's seeking God's presence. Mm-hmm. That is what his faith means. And, and, and it's significant because the way he's seeking it is different than the way we are after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So he is going through some serious turmoil. So it's not just seeking because, you know, the access is not the same as we have it right Come now. Come on. So we have to look at it Come on. when we look at this text. The access is not yeah. the same. Oh. Whew, man, <laughs> the fact that we now have the righteousness yes. Yes. of God in Christ, mm-hmm. the access is different. The relationship is different. That's why Paul says we have a new covenant, yes. a better covenant. Yes. So David's here ah. saying, okay, when you call me, I'm coming because I understand that this, this, this possibility of me being called by you is not going to happen all the time or it might not happen again. So he's taking advantage of that access at that moment. So it, it just, it, it does something in his spirit when he's looking at the fact that God is just calling him to have access in his presence. I got to write this on the board. <laughs> I got to write this on the board. Ah, God, because when you think of the face of God, mm-hmm. right? The face of God, 
want you to think of it in this way. It is God's spatial Mm -hmm. presence. He is present in space and time, Mm -hmm. interacting with matter, interacting with his creation, interacting with his being. It is the fullness of God's spatial presence. It is God's beauty. It is God's purity. It is God's holiness. Ah, it is God's benevolence, his love. Mm -hmm. It is his benevolence or his goodness. All of that, we're talking about the presence of God. In Hebrew, it is the Hebrew word panim. I got to make sure I check that spelling. (laughs) (laughs) So, when Adam and Eve sinned, this is important. This is important because your relationship with God is based on it. So Adam and Eve sinned, mm-hmm. right? And God comes walking in the cool of the day. And they hid themselves from his presence. Get it? If his presence is his spatial presence, is his beauty, his purity, his holiness, his love, his benevolence... Why did they hide? Because they are now in a sinful state. Mm -hmm. And their own sinfulness was so overwhelming that this loving, benevolent God, they just could not see that he was there to love them. So it wasn't the wrath of God. No, it wasn't the wrath. It wasn't the anger of God. It wasn't the anger or wrath of God. It was God in his essence, in his Mm -hmm. face, in his spatial presence, in his beauty, in his holiness. But what, what did Isaiah say? In the year that King Uzziah died, yes. I saw the Lord. Yep. Seated at the throne. Oh, yep. man. And, and, and I, <laughs> I, I, I was a man of unclean yep. lips dwelling amongst unclean people. So that's what happens. So when you're in the, and even though it's God's love, beautiness, and holiness, because we're in a sinful condition, all right, in that presence, we become more conscious mm-hmm. of, of, of our sinfulness, mm-hmm. our unholiness, our lack of beauty in comparison. It's like having uh, uh, a, an, an old dingy handkerchief mm-hmm. that looks white yep. until you put a new one next to it. And all of a sudden you realize, hey, that's dingy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But that's like when you go into somebody's house and they just clean it up. And the first thing you want to do is start taking your shoes off because you, you understand that even just your shoes are so dirty. And you're like, I don't want to walk in this area and dirty the area. I want to defile the area. In, in the natural. Yes. Perfect example. When you're in, in, in cleanliness and purity, mm-hmm. immediately you begin to look at your own yes. yep. impurities. Mm-hmm. Your own. So, and, and this is important. Because this introduces the God of the Bible. Yes. All right? Yes, Mm -hmm. he has to, they have to suffer the consequences of their actions. They're removed from the garden. But what's he doing, man? He's covering them, Mm -hmm. slaying animals, which is symbolic of the sacrifice that would make, the shedding of blood for their sins. All of that is symbolic in the garden. But he comes to Adam and Eve, not in the heat of the night. Mm Mm-hmm but in the cool of the day. Mm, nice. And he brings his presence 
yes. his holiness, his purity, and they can't take it. No. They, we hid ourselves. Yes. But they're still talking. Mm -hmm. They're still having a conversation. They're not dead. <laughs> well, not physically yet, but spiritually they experience death. But so they're interacting with him. And he said, we're naked. And he responds, who told, who told you mm -hmm. you were naked? Why he did that is to bring their consciousness to the fact that their conscience has been activated. Mm -hmm. What is our conscience? It is what everybody has. That is the judicial aspect of our being. It judges our actions. Mm -hmm. Right, wrong, moral, immoral, good, bad. We all have one. And conscience was activated by sin. And they became sin conscious, unworthy conscious. Mm -hmm. They became conscious of their un own unholiness, their own lack of goodness. All the things that God is, yep. they became conscious that they're not. Mm -hmm. And man continued to live with that until Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. And he says, now I'm going to give you this. Yep. So now when you stand before the Father, you stand without guilt, without fear, without inferiority, without sin consciousness, mm -hmm. but with righteousness consciousness. And it's in that consciousness. And that's why some, some people, Christians, they get saved. They don't get this. They don't understand it. So they continue to interact with God like Adam and Eve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of coming boldly to the throne of yeah. grace, that they might obtain mercy in the time of need. That's good. I'm sorry, man. No, that's good. Ah, oh, gosh. They hid themselves from the presence. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's not that God was there with wrath and anger. No. His holiness, his purity and they could not measure up to that holiness. And it's true that because purity. even when, you know, we talked to individuals when I was in Guatemala talking to the guy who, who was in there for three, you know, three life sentences for murder, rape, kidnap, all this stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Gotta give more context. You, you went into the prisons. Yeah, we were in the prisons. And you were dealing with the gangs. Yes. <laughs> in prison. Yes. And the first thing he said was, I, I'm not worthy of even forgiveness. Mm. So you look at your worth, right? And, you, you, you know, and when you look at your worth, you, you have to, in order for you to approach God, you got to reshape the way you look at God, right? Because if he's loving, then in spite of, I approach him, right? If he's, if he's benevolent, in spite of my lack of feeling I'm worthy, I still approach him. And put, some of you are watching this today, and you're feeling that you might not be worthy to approach the throne of grace. But I'm telling you right now, you are worthy to approach the throne of this benevolent, loving, pure, holy, righteous God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's how God wants you to see him. Not as your enemy, but as your friend. Yes. As someone who understands you. Listen, I've said it for years. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? Jesus says something to his disciples. He says, haven't I chosen 12 of you and one of you is a devil? <laughs> I would have been, I've been looking around. <laughs> is it me? Who is it? God is fully aware mm -hmm. of everything about you. There's nothing that you can hide from him. We are naked, vulnerable, and transparent. And the sooner you accept that, accept that you'll stop hiding. Yep. All right? Mm -hmm. And you'll come clean and say, Lord, you know me. Mm -hmm. You know who I am, what I'm about, my strengths, my weaknesses, my mm -hmm. failures, my successes, my fears, my, my insecurities, my proclivities. Mm -hmm. You know all of that. So I come to you as I am, but 
clothed in the righteousness yes. of Christ. That is my ticket in. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I can stand before you. And I stand before you, you, a loving, benevolent God, holy and pure, but fully aware of my human condition. And your desire, you came that I might have life yes. and that I might have it, live it, experience it more abundantly. Death has held me for so long. When you come, life comes. Yes. And yep. everything begins to change. Yep. Help me to get that into my head mm-hmm. and in my heart so that I can begin to live free of guilt and condemnation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's good. Man. That's really good. I will tell you, the presence of God. Yes. And we're going to dig deeper in terms of God's presence. Yes. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Right here. I'm good right here. That's good. <laughs> well, we pray that you receive something. Um, we have a minister that's coming up. and we, For those who are not familiar with the whole idea of being a Christian or, or, or giving their life to God. We want to have a minister that's going to pray for you. But while, right now, I, I feel like we need to pray for uh, some of the individuals that they know Christ, but they have fallen short, backslidden, done some things that feel like they're not worthy anymore. They feel like they're disqualified. Uh, and they're looking at this God, this God of wrath, this God, you know, that is looking at it and just shaking his head because, he, you know, shame, shame, shame. And that's not what God wants. God wants you to come back. He wants you to come back and, and, and back into the fold. He wants you to, to, to come and talk to him. He wants to have conversations. He, he wants to have FaceTime with you right come now. Come on, yeah. He wants to, you know, be, be at a place where you can ask these questions and wrestle through some of your struggles because we understand that everyone has a struggle. Right, but what God doesn't want is it to become your lifestyle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me just say this, as the Holy Spirit just stirred this in my heart. You say, well, I can't see God. You can see him, you can see him in the face of Jesus Christ. So when you read the gospel, you read about Jesus, you look at his interactions with mm-hmm. humanity and the things that he did, all right, you're seeing the face of yeah. God. In him was the fullness mm-hmm. of the Godhead bodily. Yes. He is the express image of the Father. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's where you go. You look at Jesus. You're looking at, you're looking God in the face, mm-hmm. in his presence. Yep. Hallelujah. If you want FaceTime, go to the Word. I like that. FaceTime. <laughs> you want FaceTime, go to the Word. Yes. Boom. Say that again. Say if again. you want FaceTime, go to the Word. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, like I always say, if you want FaceTime, Go to the word. Like who says? <laughs> well, why, why are we saying that? I just want to pray for those individuals. And then the uh, minister's going to come up, Minister Misha, to pray for individuals who do not have a relationship. But I'm talking about the ones that have a relationship, the ones that have been struggling. Lord, right now we pray and ask that you just have your way. Like the song says, comfort them. Allow them to know that they're not alone. Lord, allow them to understand that they are worthy of FaceTime with you, that they are worthy of, 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 of access to you, Lord, no matter how deep the sin is, Lord, no matter how torn and ripped they are, no matter how shackled they are to the past, Lord, you have called them to something better. Mm. You have called them to something greater. Yeah. You have called them to walk and live not only as you see them, but Lord, allow them to become the individuals that see how you see them. So they will walk in that value. They will come and approach the throne of grace emboldened with humility, though. 
balanced to not get familiar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray and ask that you just touch these individuals that are watching right here, right now, and anoint them afresh to be able to approach your throne, knowing that they approach a God who loves them so much. And we say thank you for this in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Thank you.